Hello everyone. Happy Thursday and welcome into INE Live. I'm your host Katherine Brown and today we're diving into the EJPT V2 beta. It's a really exciting time here at INE. We've been working around the clock on this for months getting the exam ready for you and I know a lot of you have taken part in the beta and in uh, the process as we've been bringing this along. Um, so we're going to dig into that today and get uh, get a lot of information about that and a lot of insight. First, as we do each time we stream here on INE Live, I want to let you know we are streaming live right now across social media platforms including LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter and Twitch. Be sure to like and subscribe on the social media platform you're using so you can stay in the loop when we do go live. And we want you to get involved. Talk to us, talk to others. We'd love to see that. We see a chat uh, bumping right now. We see a lot of people coming in from all over the world. So thanks. Keep those comments coming. Our team is monitoring chat. So if you have a comment, go ahead and drop it in. If you have a question, do us a favor, put a cue at the beginning so we can find those questions easily as we're combing through all of these comments. We'll get to as many as we can today. With that, I want to bring in our guests, beginning with Dr. Amanda Martin. Hey Kat, thanks for having me. So excited to be here today. Very glad to have you here with us as well. Thank you very much. Uh Really all right, so it. the two of you have really been spearheading all of this work for the past several months on the EJPT V2 exam. And I want to just start with a quick snapshot of where we are today, the status of the exam and the certification. Amanda, can you tell us uh, where we are right now? Absolutely. So we are excited to report that we are through our data analysis phase, which is awesome. Um, so we went ahead and closed the beta, as most of you all know, and we reviewed painstakingly all of your feedbacks. We we say this time and time again, but we want to make sure that you are partners in your learning experience here with us. And the point of a beta is to see what we did well, um, what things we can improve on and what things we can elevate, you know, based off your comments, your feedback and your insights that paired with our instructor soundness and, you know, their expertise excuse me, their expertise, it just makes for a phenomenal product. So we looked at everything that you guys submitted, and now we are on our way to making those updates based off of your feedback and your requests. Um, and then hopefully we'll have that to you all in the next couple months here. So very excited about that trajectory. Yep, and we're going to get into um, a lot of a lot of the details and really pull back the curtain on today's live stream about um, about some of that feedback that you mentioned, um, Amanda. And and with that, you know, I just I, I want to bring both of you into the conversation now and just um, can you kind of give us an overview of the exam itself, Alexi? We'll start with you here. Uh, yeah. So uh, from a technical perspective, uh, the exam is uh, set out to simulate a black box penetration test. Uh, so if uh, some of you are familiar with what, uh, you know, the, the different types of penetration tests, a black box penetration test is a penetration test where you're given minimal amount, a minimal amount of information about the target network. And uh, so this exam essentially simulates a black box penetration test. Uh, in addition to that, uh, with regards to the actual lab environment itself, uh, this is the first time or the first certification that features in browser labs as opposed to a VPN based lab. And uh, the reason for that uh, or the reason to actually switch to the in browser labs is you know, fairly simple uh, and it uh, brings uh, you know, a lot of stability to the entire examination uh, process. So uh, you, know, you don't have any more VPN issues. 
having an in-browser lab essentially ensures that uh, connection to the actual uh, systems within the lab environment is uh, almost perfect. Uh, so there aren't any issues with regards to, con uh, to connection. So uh, at a very high level, that's a, a basic overview of the exam lab environment and uh, sort of what we're trying to simulate here. Okay, and when, when the lab is started, um, there are cases when it stops on its own, right? So th this was an issue that uh, we we sort of identified, and it has been resolved by the by the lab team. So, uh, for when the actual certification launches, uh, you will have uh, you know complete access, uh, unrestricted access to your lab environment for the entire duration of the exam, uh, without any uh, drops or anything like that. Okay, so so technically that gives us you know some some insight into this. Amanda, can you go over kind of the structure? of the exam itself and, and how that all came together? Absolutely, yeah. So our exam is really focused on four main categories or buckets, we like to call them. You'll see them reported um, on our landing page and in our material and even on your score reports when you receive those back if you were in the beta as domains. And those are our big overarching categories. And on this particular assessment, we have assessment methodologies was on there, host and network auditing, host and network pen testing, and web application pen testing. So those are four big buckets. Within each of those buckets, we test you on 24 different objectives. So those are 24 different individual pieces of knowledge that we test you on that fall into those four categories. And we do that in the span of 35 questions. So you have 35 questions to show us that you've mastered these um, different junior penetration testing tasks, that you know what you're doing and you can navigate those effectively because that's what the real world is going to expect when you enter into the job force. On our exam during the beta, you have 50 hours to take the exam. Uh, when we go public with this later in the year, it will actually be 48. We budgeted before we started the beta two additional hours for you all to leave feedback, which you did. Thank you so much. I'll get to how much feedback in just a moment. And we did read every single one. Um, but we wanted to give you guys enough time to express your thoughts and concerns and, um, you know, your likes. And so we went ahead and made sure to give time appropriately. We scaled that back a little bit for us. And what we found after we looked through all of the stuff is that some of these, the exam answers, it's a little bit different of a test structurally because there isn't necessarily one right way to find the answer. And I think that makes this test super unique. Um, we set this up in a way, um, Alexi really brain behind the operation there, really set this up in a way where structurally we're testing you on your ability to find the answer how you get there is up to you there's several different ways to do that in some cases um, but allows for a more bit a flexible structure for the user which is a lot more fun and a lot more engaging and really appeals to people's preferences um i want to get all right so let's get let's get into the findings now um because that's sort of an overview right of 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 the exam itself what it's all about um Everybody, and I'm reading these comments as, as you were talking there, um, everybody really just wants to know, all right, what, what are the results of this beta, right? Um, <laughs> you guys have spent, spent uh, a month going through, to your point, Amanda, every bit of feedback and analyzing so much data and looking at yeah. you know, what this looked like before people started taking it, yeah. what it's going to look like um, at this point. So just take us through the, the results of this. This is a big moment. It's a huge moment. A um, lot of love, blood, sweat, tears went into it, but we <laughs> looked at everything. So to set the stage for the numbers for everybody listening, um, there were almost 14,000 people that registered to be a part of this beta. So that's a lot of people that really wanted to partake and give us feedback. Of almost 14,000 people, we had about seven, 
8,800-ish, so almost 8,000 people who met our requirements. And then we admitted 500 people. Out of those 500 people, we had 1,254 individual pieces of feedback to review. Um, that is on particular questions, so individually, that is on the exam in total, that is through if you emailed our client support specialist and they sent them feedback, we got that, that's on LinkedIn. So this information was being scraped everywhere we could possibly find it because again we want to make sure we're listening to you all as you experience this and make changes that reflect um, your best interests right um so over 1200 pieces of information looked at and we considered heavily each and every single one you will see a lot of changes made um, that's reflective of your specific feedback the average exam score we were very pleased with that was a 71 percent um, and for us that's that's right where you want it so some of you at home may be going wait 71 this is a novice level exam why so low um, but in actuality, we wanted to make sure we were different for you all in the sense that you had this hands-on piece. And that was the biggest portion of this exam, right? Getting in there, doing the things. And that can be challenging. That definitely takes some critical thinking, um, some problem solving, and even some troubleshooting. So this wasn't an easy exam. Um, you will hear many times in a couple reviews I've seen posted, Dakota Snow, if you're there, saw your review, appreciate it. Um, you have to study, gotta go through the content challenging but fair so we were happy with that you all seem to do really well in assessment methodologies so that was really great to see that information really seemed to resonate well with you all um, and then i think some areas where we saw a little bit more struggle with some of our users was in the host and network pen testing um, but we do recognize that that was towards the end of the learning path and the beta duration might have need to be extended a little bit more so we are keeping that in mind for the future reference so that we can really sink in on the material that falls later in the learning path um, so overall, great finds. We're excited to release those scores here and hopefully the next month or two. Amanda and Alexi, um, as you're, as you're kind of like releasing these findings, what's going through your mind? Are you like relieved? Are you, is this a big moment? Is this kind of like, okay, um, now this sets us up for a whole bunch more work. Like what's it like at this point in your minds? Yeah, I think from from my perspective, it's uh, been a very insightful process um, and it's uh, sort of, you know, given me a better understanding of the field as well as instructional design, thanks to Amanda. Um, so uh, it, it sort of uh, gives us, a you know, a confirmation that we did the right thing with regards to developing the actual learning path as well as the lab environment. So it was sort of a verification of that process. Uh, and of course, you know, the entire the, the entire process of um, building an exam, uh, a certification, if you will, uh, is, you know, it's the synergy of, uh, you know, the, the lab team, uh, you know, content uh, development, as well as instructional design. So, uh, you know, huge process, but, uh, you know, based on everything we've done so far, you know, it's been hugely rewarding. What about I you, Amanda? I 100% agree. Um, and like, I love that you talked about really the the collaboration of all these different groups, because I've said this time and time again to our team here at INE, but it takes a village to do one of these things. It takes a very long time. So when we get to this point of the beta is done, we have your results, we're ready to go. We're making all these great changes that you all want to see. It's so rewarding. And um, we saw a lot of comments this time around. We actually had the most positive feedback to date on a beta. And a lot of that was because of the content that was filmed. and. Um, He's so humble, but I'm gonna call him out for a moment. Um, Alexi had 
comment after comment after comment after comment from our viewers about how wonderful his content was and the intentionality behind his teaching. And we saw that reflected in the test results and in the beta results. So um, very happy with the process. I think it was awesome and really excited to be at this stage and getting ready to get this thing out. So great times on this side, Kat, great times. Awesome. And uh, Hamad, I saw your comment come in just now. Um, does the material enough to beat the exam? I think that that you know is the material good enough to to um, pass the exam. Obviously, it is, right, um, Amanda? To what you were just saying about all the positive comments about Alexi and the pass rate. Um, so, just wanted to get that out of the way. I also saw another question come in from Hussein, and I think this is a really important topic to touch on. Um, it, it, he asked, "What's the impact of all this feedback? Is it just to fix bugs and issues, or will the materials?" be actually updated and I know that you've talked about this some um, but I would like you guys both to go into some detail here both on on the um, kind of on the broader scale and then on the very technical scale as well about um, some of the major changes that have been made as a result of the beta findings as well as the feedback that's come in. Alexi we'll start with you here for the for the technical stuff. Yeah, um, I mean, so, the, you know, the, the entire process of, uh, you know, performing review is, you know, really not about uh, fixing bugs alone. It uh, was a holistic process that encompassed the content, uh, the questions, as well as the lab environment. And uh, some of the major improvements that we've made based on the feedback were to firstly uh, include uh, a letter of, uh, of engagement uh, to sort of provide students with a context of the penetration test that they're, they're about to perform as well as detail some important uh, pieces of information about the actual lab uh, and, uh, you know, the setup of the network, uh, you know, and uh, that also has to tie into the fact that it is a black box penetration test. So a lot of students or a lot of the beta participants brought this up, you know, uh, you know, they wanted some sort of a context as to what they've been tasked to do. So the public version or the, uh, the actual, uh, you know, launch of EJPT version two will feature a letter of engagement. Uh, another uh, piece of information or an added resource that will be included uh, with the certification is the lab guidelines uh, document, which will be essentially a very comprehensive document that outlines how to utilize the in-browser labs, uh, how to fix or how to uh, tend to specific questions uh, or issues that you may face. And, uh, you know, essentially demystify the entire process of using in-browser labs and uh, sort of showcase the importance uh, or rather the advantages of, you know, using in-browser labs. And uh, this, you know, will also, th this particular document will also contain uh, additional information that uh, students will find very useful, uh, you know, with regards to dynamic flagging, so on and so forth. Um, another major change that was made uh, was to the dynamic flag questions. Uh, during the beta period, uh, the dynamic flag questions really didn't have any proper context or uh, a good description as to how they work. So that has been added and is something that will be featured in the public launch or during the release of EJPT version two. And then finally, uh, this was uh, more so a change based on the feedback we received uh, with regards to the, the actual uh, lab sessions, uh, the exam lab sessions where uh, certain students were having their sessions uh, automatically terminated. And what we've done is increase the timeout to match that uh, of the actual duration of the exam. So what this essentially ensures is that once you start your, uh, your lab environment, it'll, it'll stay running for the entire duration of the exam. So those are some of the major changes that we've made. And you can see that they 
stretch across, you know, content uh, as well as uh, the lab environment as well as questions. So, yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Alexi. And from a from a more structural standpoint, right, and a user experience standpoint, um, Amanda, how what kind of changes were made and what what was fixed based on the finding the beta findings as well as the feedback that was coming in. Absolutely. So we ended up doing some pretty standard ones as well. Like the, the ones that Alexi just covered are some of the bigger ones is really putting an emphasis into preparing the student about what that environment's going to look like. So they feel comfortable. We want to remove as much test anxiety as possible. We already had features within the actual exam platform, like reminders. So it'll remind you uh, 10 minutes before your time is about to expire or 15 minutes. So you can set those. We do have the hiding timer uh, that tells you the countdown clock which you can enable or disable. Um, we have flagging features, or I like to think of them as bookmark features. So if you're not familiar or with what the answer is, or if you need some more time to think about it, or it's too hard and you're losing time and you want to come back to it, you can actually bookmark that feature and then come back to it. And it does show in your in the guide, um, in your little legend there on the left-hand side in the, in the exam. So those are some pretty standard ones that we also had deployed with ICCA. They might be newer to this side of, of our group and our client base uh, with cybersecurity, because I don't believe those were in the exams prior. So those might be new features. And then we do our standards. So we looked at each individual question's feedback and said, was there a way that we can enhance this question? Was there a way that we could clarify some of these answer choices? Um, and based off of both the qualitative and the quantitative data for that specific questions, those judgment calls were made and then those questions were updated to reflect a better, stronger, more elevated version of it. So we're always doing this. And I will say for those of you who might be interested in taking this cert whenever it publicly drops or whenever you want to take potentially more exams and expand, we will have the option for you to continuously leave feedback on each question. Do it. We are very clearly looking at it. So if there's a way you think we can elevate it, let us know. We definitely want to do that. On that note um, of feedback, I have uh, a question coming in. Um, from a LinkedIn user, and I think uh, I think this is a really important topic to hit on. Um, what? Why does the new version have an expiration date? I know I know this is something that that you guys um, factor factored in um, pretty heavily to this. Amanda, can you talk about the expiration date? Yes, I can. So because we are starting to redo and update and enhance some of these eLearn security certifications, we are moving them onto the IE platform and using some of those tools that. Um, we think would be helpful to like take it a step further with that versioning. With that being said, we are implementing some of the standard INE um, protocol that we've outlined as being the most effective and one of which is the certification expiration dates. Um, there is a couple different bodies out there um, in terms of almost think of them like a, a board of directors kind of where they look over all the certifications within a given field and say, this is our recommendation. If you wanna make sure you're ensuring the best for your students, and one of those is ANSI, A-N-S-I. And um, based off of that criteria in our research, we were finding that because this field, IT specifically technology changes so frequently, we wanna make sure we have the most up-to-date information that we are testing you guys and making sure that you are actually ready to go because that's what we're claiming, right? If you make it through our course content, if you take our certifications, we're preparing you for entering the job force and not just doing well, but thriving, being a leader in that space. But in order to claim that, we have to make sure we have the most recent content, the most up-to-date information, and that we're continuously testing you to make sure that you have that grasp and you have that understanding. Um, a lot of different certifying bodies do this, um, again, just to ensure the integrity of the exam. So that's another factor. 
But overall, we want to make sure we're giving you the best experience and protecting you and um, empowering you to do the best you can possibly can in your work environments. And this is one way to do that. All right, yeah, uh, thank you for addressing that, Amanda. I just, I, I saw a couple questions come in um, regarding the expiration date and, and um, know that that's been a bit of a hot topic, so I did want to address that um, head on. A few minutes ago, Alexi, you touched on the flagging. Um, can, you, can we go back to that? Can you explain the concept really of dynamic flags and why that is so important to the structure of this particular exam? Yeah, sure. So I think in order to understand dynamic flags, uh, you need to have an understanding of static flags or flags in general. So in the context of cybersecurity, I think most uh, most of the viewers would already know this. Uh, flags are essentially random strings that are typically placed in a specific location within the target system's uh, file system. So, uh, you know, if, if you're performing, maybe if, if you're going through a box on Hacked Box or CTF, the flag is essentially a you know, proof of exploitation or essentially proves that you were able to get into a system. Model is typically referred to as the static flag model where the flag itself or the string itself doesn't change. Now, what we've done here at IME, and this is something that, uh, you know, is entirely new to the industry and we're really excited about is uh, implement dynamic flags. So what is a dynamic flag? Well, a dynamic flag works essentially the same as a static flag, however, uh, dynamic flags are randomly generated flags and are injected into the exam environment uh, and are unique for every exam session or every exam uh, attempt. So what that means is that uh, for every student that takes the EJPT version 2, the flags in their lab will be different. And as, as a result, we can mitigate things like cheating and we can keep the experience for each individual user dynamic and fresh. So. This prevents the exam from being too static or, you know, uh, as, I, as I mentioned a few seconds earlier, it prevents cheating. So that's really what a uh, dynamic flag is and uh, sort of how it different, uh, you know, it's uh, sort of how it's different uh, when you compare it to a static flag. So a couple people have, have been asking about whether EJPT V2 is more difficult than EJPT um, V1. And, and I wanted you both to answer that, but also do... Alexi, specifically on the issue of dynamic flags, do the dynamic flags themselves make the exam more difficult, more challenging, or just different? Yeah, I think it makes it much more uh, realistic. Uh, as I said, uh, what we set out to build here was a, a simulation of a real organization's network. And so with dynamic flagging, it, it sort of makes the environment, uh, you know, come alive, if that makes sense. So you're not, you know, just faced with, you know, every student is not just faced with the same lab and the same objectives. So I wouldn't say it makes it much more difficult. I would say it makes it much more interactive. Uh, and, uh, you know, as from the, the perspective of a penetration tester, uh, you know, the experience is much more personalized. So, yeah. I, I love that you say that. Um, it's not, it's not more difficult. Um, it's more realistic. I think that's a really important um, distinction to make. So I'm really glad you know, that, that you that you pointed that out. Um, we have thousands of people watching right now who are anxious to get their hands on EJPT V2 and celebrate their certification when that is released. Um, Alexi, let's start with you. What are your pro tips for future EJPT test takers? Um, yeah, that's, uh, I think that's uh, probably the most important thing. So based on the feedback and sort of my own analysis, I think one of the most important things for uh, future takers of the certification is to go through the learning path. Uh, remember, this entire certification was built 
you know, with a certain level of synergy in that we built the learning path and it, you know, corresponds to the objectives within the exam. So the learning path has been, you know, crafted to teach you pretty much everything you need to know with regards to, you know, the objectives that will be, um, will be covered in the exam. And another uh, piece of uh, information or a tip is, you know, we purposefully included more than 100 labs in the learning path. And the reason for that is that, you know, these labs will actually, you know, help you prepare with regards to tooling techniques and make your methodology and will help, help you, you know, improve and uh, become more proficient with what is being taught. So I would definitely recommend going through the entire learning path, completing it and not rushing through it. Uh, and, uh, you know, that sort of ties into the fact that some students may uh, think that it's uh, sort of just a slightly improved version of EJPT version one, but, you know, it's not. And that's why we had to update the entire learning path uh, to ensure that it's up to date with the latest uh, with regards to, you know, cybersecurity, vulnerabilities, so on and so forth. Um, another piece of information that, uh, you know, I think is very helpful is to take your, you know, your notes uh, and, you know, essentially log everything uh, that you're doing uh, throughout the entire exam and ensure that you're saving them locally. And one of the reasons for that is, and that ties into the lab environment uh, and the way it works, is if you reset your lab environment, uh, the data stored within your Kali Linux system will be deleted. So it's very important that you store all your notes, uh, whatever research you're doing uh, on your local system and you know, essentially you know, map everything out uh, as accurately as possible. And uh, I think finally, uh, sort of, one of the most important things that you should do, given the fact that this is a black box penetration test, is when or as you're going through the lab environment, uh, try and create a lab topology uh, based on all of the systems you're able to identify during the scanning and enumeration phase of your penetration test. So, you know, try and get an understanding of how the network is set up, all the systems that exist within the network or networks, and, uh, you know, that, that, that'll sort of uh, help you through the entire process. So definitely take, you know, lots of notes, uh, focus primarily on enumeration and scanning. You'll discover a lot of stuff that, you know, you typically miss if you rush through that phase. So uh, these are really the tips that I would recommend uh, for the future takers of the certification. And what an incredible opportunity uh, to have the creators of this exam sitting here saying, hey, this is how you pass it, right? Like this, <laughs> here are the tips. This is what you're going to do. Um, so awesome. Amanda, what about you? Any, um, you know, any, any pro tips for you? Any keys to, to success here? Honestly, I think Alexi covered them from the content standpoint. I would recommend all of you who are tuning in or if you're watching it, replay that section 12 times. He just gave you the key to success for this exam. Um, we saw significant differences for individuals who actually performed the lab, how well they did in the beta versus those who did not do the practice labs. You know, that was proven. That was that was in the data. So take advantage of the opportunities that you have within the path. Um, look at the resource guide before you take that exam. Look at the letter of engagement. Take the stress off. Take the mystery way. And to do that, you have to do two things. One, feel confident in the material to practice enough to where you feel like you can not just understand it, but execute it. And three, take advantage of the resources that will allow you to time manage and get an idea of what's going to happen during your testing experience. That third point I just touched on means, you know, take advantage of things like the self alert timers within the exam. If you like the countdown clock, have that active, use a bookmark feature. 
make sure you read, like I said, the letter of engagement so you understand what's going to be covered on the exam. Read the resource guidelines so you understand how to use the keyboards or um, you know, various other dynamic and static flag questions you may have, you get those answered. So just take advantage. If I had to, to do one sentence, take advantage. We give you all you need. Everything you need is in there. Take advantage of it. Pro tips, guys, pro tips. Um, okay, two questions coming in, but they are related. One from Mohammed Tarek. When is the EJPT V1 sunset date? Followed by a question from Hamad. What's the date for the official release of V2? We ready to unveil those yet? We can tackle this one. So when is the EJPTV1 sunset date? I can answer that one freely right now. So that will be a three month transition date from the time that this exam goes public. So I can't give you the exact date right now because we are waiting on a couple things before we can launch it publicly, but we know it'll be by the end of the year. Um, so I would anticipate probably around probably around February through April, depending on the exact launch date. So we do want to make sure you all have time and we will send out a bajillion reminders um, of when we're going to actually sunset that. So you will have time to be able to work through and finish up your EJPTV1 content to use those vouchers for EJPTV1 if you don't want to exchange them, which I will get to a little bit. Um, but yes, we will make sure you are well informed. But once this thing hits the market, about three months, um, you'll have to go ahead and wrap that stuff up if you don't want to change and you'll be all set and ready to roll. Awesome. And no, um, no set date for official release just yet. Still in the works, right? Still in the works, yes. All right, so stay tuned. And we're, we're not shy about emails here at INE. If you're on any of our email lists, you know that. <laughs> All right, um, Amanda, let's, let's head over to you for what is next, right? Um, what is next for the beta testers specifically? So I'm very excited for this moment because I know you all want to know what you what you got on your exams, right? That's what I would want to know. I'm over here just so excited every time I see one come through. Um, but that's going to be the first thing is to stand by because we will be letting you know with when, via email when you can go ahead and take a look at those scores. Those will be by the end of the year. You will have your score reports. You'll be able to see all of the good information where you excelled, where you might need to improve on if you want to go back and watch that content, um, which is very helpful for those of you who were admitted to the EJPT beta and participated. If you part, not just admitted, but if you participated, then you actually will get a free reattempt as well. So study up before that reattempt. So that's your plan of action there. Um, additionally, that'll be in your My INE account. So again, we'll let you know when that happens. For those of you who maybe weren't a part of the beta or um, you know, maybe you already did EJPT and you're like, oh, no, I got it. I totally passed that. Well, go on to the next one. Go on to the next phase of your journey. And you can do that in one of two ways. The first is to go ahead and take a look at our fundamentals pass. So if you're new to the cyber world and you really liked it and you feel confident about the EJPT, um, or if you just liked it, you're not sure how you did, but you want to keep learning. You want to learn more. Check out our fundamentals pass. Um, that's a $2.99 plan. It's absolutely great. And it allows you to kind of take a peek at all of the, the entry level information information through different verticals, which is really, really fun. So in that package, you'll be able to see EJPT V1 and V2, which is nice. Or, you know, maybe you went through the beta and you're like, well, cyber is awesome, but I might want to look at this too. Maybe I want to learn cloud networking and cyber. Great. You can look at some of that introductory content and that fundamentals pass. So definitely check that out. Think about a subscription for that. Um, great value. We've had a lot of people on social media talking about the value of that for what you get. So definitely take a look. The other thing is potentially keep an eye out for our next certification that will be coming down the pipe for cybersecurity, which is EDA. 
So that is what I like to think of as uh, the sister certification on the defensive side. EJPTV2 is obviously our red team novice junior penetration tester exam. Well, maybe you're new to the cyber world and you tried that out and you're like, well, this is cool, but I want to know what the defensive side looks like. Well, keep your eye out because we will be having a defensive novice level certification for blue team coming out soon. Um, so keep your eyes peeled for that. Start training on that. Look into how to access that content and what plans can get you that information. And that should be dropping, that course material should be dropping very soon. So very excited about that. Um, the other thing you can be doing with this time in terms of what's next, what can I look forward to, is our voucher exchange program. So I actually want to share with you guys um, a little bit of information that we have on our website that just went up, that's published. Um, so I'll share my screen really quickly so you can see what that take, what that looks like, and we'll talk through this a little bit. Um, so this is pretty exciting. Um, this is the first time we're doing this, but essentially what we're allowing us to do here is to, to swap out your V1 voucher. If you have an EJPT V1 voucher, you could potentially trade it in for a V2 voucher free of charge. Well, I know that sounds super exciting. We do have some criteria you have to meet here. So if we scroll down a little bit, you'll see how this works. And we'll be sure to share this link in the chat with you. But first, make sure you meet our requirements. Second, start your training, right? We need to make sure that you go ahead and start consuming that content. We aren't going to be administering vouchers for those individuals who are eligible immediately. So it's not like you're gonna do this registration form and boom, it's gonna be in your account. Um, we actually are gonna be doing these in large batches. So hang tight um, and we'll let you know when it's been assigned to your account specifically. But you'll wanna make sure you have a plan uh, because while you can trade in this voucher, that does not necessarily come with the content, right? So if you have a voucher, but you don't have access to content, make sure you get access to content. Find a subscription that's right for you. Um, so once you have a subscription, you know you're eligible, you're good to go, you'll go ahead and complete our registration form, which is step three here. And I'll show you that registration form. If we scroll a bit further down on this page here, you're gonna see our criteria. So we've tried to outline it very, very nicely for you. You're eligible if you meet these three requirements. I'm sorry, these four requirements. So if you have an infinity voucher, cool. You can use that here, that's great. If you have an unexpired EJPTV1 voucher um, with the expiration date of January 1st, 2023 or later, and you haven't used any of your attempts, great, easy peasy. If you did purchase it between March 19th and January, or sorry, July 4th, and haven't used a single voucher. So you bought this EJPT voucher between those two dates, you haven't used anything, you can still go ahead and trade those out. And I have a little uh, meaning down there for you. And then again, if you have a paid subscription plan on my INE account, because having the voucher does not mean you have access to the content. Again, wanting to reiterate that, go ahead and sign up for a free trial. You can go ahead and take a look. Um, at the specific pricing plans. Again, highly recommend the, the fundamentals, um, either monthly or annual, and then make sure you're squared away there. So those are our requirements up there. Um, when you're not eligible here, if you have used, if you have an EJPT V1 voucher and you've used that voucher, unfortunately, we can't swap that out for you, or if you purchased it before April 15th. So let's say you meet those requirements. All you do is scroll down here and you fill out our form. So your name, the email you use to purchase that voucher, and then an INE account email if you have one, which again, if you don't, there's a ton of different options for you. Again, making sure you have that content. You click submit and you are squared away and good to go. There are some FAQs down here. I highly, highly, highly recommend you check out what happens if you're not 
eligible for the voucher? When will I get it? When can I use it? Those hot topic, um, hot questions that we probably all have are very nicely laid out for you guys here. So please take a look at those. And then of course, if you have any issues or have any questions, feel free to email us. We'll definitely take a look at those with you and help you get some answers if you need them. Awesome, thank you for walking us through that. Um, Amanda, I think that's uh, hugely important for people to know and thanks for pointing out those FAQs as well. That will uh, save our client success team a little bit of time as, and hopefully our uh, clients a little bit of wait time. Um, and so you can go and get those questions answered um, very quickly. And Pack Cyberbot, hopefully that answered your question as well, which I was getting ready to ask Amanda about more beta programs and other certifications in the future, but she jumped ahead of me because she's always so excited to talk about those. And um, yes, we have a ton of things on our roadmap, a lot of things planned. Uh, Amanda will be getting no rest for the foreseeable future. Um, so it, it's a really exciting time. We have a, a lot of things planned. Um, couple more uh, quick audience questions. So Hal Joshua one asks, will there be CPD-based way, CPD ways to renew after the cert expires or will this only be available by resitting the cert? Great question. Um, so we do not have any type of like continuing education credit system in place right now. That is something that we are working on behind the scenes. It just takes a, a village to get that up. It, it requires a lot of documentation and, and internal infrastructure to be in place. So we are putting that together because um, again, we do want to make sure that you have options and how you go about doing this. Um, but for right now, that is not launched publicly. Um, so I can't speak too much on it, but know that it is on our minds. It is something we're working towards and it is something that we would like to have executed um, sooner rather than later. Super. Um, and I'd love to get both of, your, both of you to weigh in on this. Alexi, we'll start with you. But um, so a couple people have asked this, and I, I think it's, well, it's an interesting question. So um, I'll just pick Leslie's. Um, sorry if this was asked, but should I wait to take the EJPT V2 then? If someone's ready to take the EJPT now, should they take V1 or just wait? Yeah, um, well, of course, that I think will depend on the, the, the career requirements and whether they're, in a, you know, in a situation of urgency. Uh, but I would recommend waiting for version two, given the fact that it's updated uh, to meet, you know, the, um, you know, the, the standards of the industry, uh, as it were, uh, or as things are right now. So I would definitely recommend waiting if they can. Uh, if they are in a bit of a rush and, uh, you know, uh, looking to switch careers, they can do the V1 and then, you know, maybe uh, take the V2. So, yeah. Amanda, what do you think? Uh, agree? 100% agree. Absolutely. I mean, I think it's important to recognize, too, that Alexi um, put a good bit of time expanding it. So you'll get the same great stuff that's in V1, but you'll get an elevated and expanded version. So if scope is the, the name of the game here, and again, as Alexi said, if you don't have that urgency, I think you'll get a lot more bang for your buck and a lot more coverage and uh, honestly, even more depth um, in the second run. So I'd agree with his advice there. Awesome. All right, before we head out, um, anything, you know, I just want to go to each of you, any last points that you want to make, Amanda? Just want to say thank you so much. Um, I've just been absolutely overwhelmed by the amount of support that we had for this beta and the community itself, just really rallying behind us um, as we, you know, tried this stuff out. You know, you were flexible, you gave great feedback. Um, so just thank you. Thank you for taking the time to look at our materials, staying invested in us, know that we are working very hard to reinvest in you in every decision that we make. And we hear you. We're going to represent you the best we can, and we appreciate you. Awesome. Thank you, Amanda. Alexi? Any final words? Yeah, um, 
sort of want to mirror what uh, Amanda said. Uh, I think the feedback that uh, you know all of you guys gave us was tremendously helpful and insightful, and you know sort of uh, you know gave us a better view of, of what we're doing and how to build certifications moving forward. So, you know, it's uh, generally speaking, all that feedback has helped us, you know, develop new processes and will certainly be used, uh, you know, to develop other certifications. So, uh, you know. Uh, a huge thank you to everyone who participated in the beta. Uh, all of your feedback was taken seriously. So, yeah, huge thanks. Awesome. Thanks to you both. A huge thanks to you and a huge thanks to our audience today for tuning in. And as always, bringing some awesome questions, bringing your energy and your enthusiasm um, to INE Live. Appreciate it. Appreciate all of you tuning in. Appreciate Amanda, Alexi. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having us. Yep. All right, that Thank is going to wrap up today's stream. Thank you again for watching. If you missed it live, you can look for the replay across our social media channels as well as on the INE website. Quick reminder before we head out, make sure you beat the clock. INE is running a special promotion right now. You can buy INE Premium for $4.99. This is only available until tomorrow using the promo code SEPT499. SEPT like September 499. But at midnight Pacific time tomorrow, the clock runs out on this special deal. So head over to INE.com and claim your discount now while it is still available. Be sure to like and subscribe on the social media platform you're using right now so you can stay in the loop for details on our next stream and get those notifications when we do go live. We'll see you next time. Until then, have a great week.